0: Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Live Better Now podcast. I am Zach Rance, your host. This is going to be a fun episode. This is going to be an episode that is uh, about a guy who is doing a pretty cool project. And his name is Rob, and he's trying to make 10,000 friends. So what he does is every single week, he sits down, not every single week, I mean, he does this multiple times a day, excuse me. Every single day, he has a one-hour conversation with a new person, someone he does not know, he doesn't take notes, he doesn't take video, he doesn't document it. What he does, though, is he talks about the conversations in his blog. And he's been doing speaking engagements around the country for the last two years about what he's learned from having these conversations. Now, I know this is very vague, and you're probably like, Zach, what what are these conversations about? What does this even mean? Zach, I'm so confused. What, What the hell are you talking about? I came across this project on Instagram. It's called Rob's 10K Friends. And I was like, what the heck is this? Looked at his page. His content was very interesting. I thought my audience would get some value from from hearing this conversation that I have with Rob because human connection. This is an episode about human connection. Human connection is extremely healthy. Having someone in your life that you feel a connection with, some commonality, some form of of loyalty to, some form of vulnerability and transparency and honesty towards. It's important in life. We want to be part of a community or we want to feel connection with a certain group of people. And this conversation does just that. It's going to show you how Rob has gotten incredible benefits from sitting down with, at this point, over 5,500 people. And I want you guys to really think about how you can deepen your connection with someone in your life how you can cultivate a healthier relationship with someone in your life. And I also want you to think about how you can make a difference in a stranger's life. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know in what shape or form or what container that you're gonna help someone else and pay it forward, or stranger, whether it's uh, telling someone they look good that day. Hey, I really like your hat, my man. It looks great on you. Okay? Make people feel good because not only does it make other people feel good and you're doing good to mankind, but it also makes you feel good. Helping other people, volunteering your time doesn't always have to be for that cause or for that organization or for those people. You could do good for other people because it feels good for you. Is this a selfish reason to help others? Absolutely. Does it still help, help others? Absolutely. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with helping other people selfishly because it makes you feel good. Now, I don't. I don't mean like having a hidden agenda. Like I'm going to help all these people so that they can, you know, turn around and and, and funnel money into my offshore LLC in Switzerland. I don't. I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about helping other people because it makes you feel good. You feel like a better person because you realize you're making an impact. And Rob is doing just that. So the moral of the story, the lesson to be learned from this podcast episode is the value of human connection. I hope you guys enjoy. If you do like the episode, leave a review. If you want to give me some feedback, shoot me an email over at ZacharyRance at gmail.com and let's get to the episode. This is going to be a very interesting episode today because this is going to be something that uh, I'm sure not many people have heard of, but uh, something that I think you guys will get a ton of value from. I was going through Instagram and I came across an account It was Rob's 10K friends. I didn't know what that meant, but I clicked his page, looked a little bit into his mission, and it sounded so interesting that I wanted to get the man himself on the podcast. So my guest today is Rob Lawless. Rob is on a mission to make 10,000 friends. He wants to spend one hour with 10,000 different people. No hidden agenda here, just wants to make genuine, authentic connections with people around the world. So he's visited multiple countries and I'm going to let him tell you guys himself how many different places he's been, what are some of the types of people he's met and what he's gained from this experience. And uh, I really feel like you guys will get a ton of value from this because relationship is a relationship building and healthy relationships is a very important piece to personal growth, self-development, mental health, and just overall happiness. So Rob, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. It's a very flattering intro. It's good yeah. to be here. It, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, I was on your website, Rob's 10K friends, and I'm looking at all these pictures of all these people that you've met. Now, I have so many questions for you, but I think the first question I wanted to ask is, why are you doing this?
1: Sure. So, yeah, that's a great question. The driving belief behind all of it, and I wasn't able to put this into words until. I think like the last year or so. But I believe that every human interaction, no matter how brief, has the potential to change your life. And I think that was something that I really understood for the first time in college. Because I went to Penn State University. It's a big school, 40,000 students. And I was there to get my finance degree. But I noticed, for me, the most fulfilling part of my college experience was the relationships that I created. And it just seemed weird to me that if something so fulfilling was happening throughout these four years, that I would just stop it because college stopped. You know, I don't know if you felt that way. And I'm sure a lot of people do feel that way where you get out into the real world and then there has to be an agenda as to why you're going to meet. Like it has to be for networking. It has to be for dating, some type of business, ROI. But if you look back at your great friendships from college, how many of them started out in that way with an agenda, right? So I was just like, if, if my college friends added so much to my life, what happens if I become more intentional about this act of going down and sitting down with people and spending an hour with them and a lot of it is really just driven by curiosity. Like I don't have a, a, a roadmap as to what happens when you meet 10,000 people. I want to figure out what that looks like. And I've always said I'm doing this to, to see what comes of opening doors for no particular reason. So the end goal is kind of revealing itself to me along the way. But it's really just driven by this genuine interest in, in people and their stories. And having the ability, I live in Philadelphia, I've lived in LA, I've lived in Hoboken, New Jersey, the ability to walk around these cities and run into familiar faces just because I spent an hour with them.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool, man. Yeah. And as someone who uh, went to the University of Florida, you know, 50,000 plus students, you know, the best thing that I got from University of Florida was making those connections and nurturing those relationships with a lot of my fraternity brothers and a lot of the amazing people that I met at college. And now once you are removed from college, and I'm 32, almost 33, so I'm about nine, 10 years removed from college, it's harder to keep up with people. And even though the phone works both ways, uh, you instinctually are like, oh, well, they haven't called me, so I don't really need to call them. And I think that that actually translates into our relationships with our family as well. And this is, in my opinion, very, very unhealthy because uh, we have time to call our loved ones. We have time to call our friends. And even though it's a little different than what you're doing, there is a physical health component to having strong and healthy relationships. And it's up to us to exercise our free will to make sure that we're nurturing those relationships. But my next question for you is, uh, has this gotten you out of your comfort zone as far as like reaching out to people to talk to them? um, Because a lot of people be like, oh, my God, I wouldn't be able to talk to 10,000 people. That's so scary. So have, has this gotten you out of your comfort zone at all? For sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I worked in consulting for Deloitte straight out of school, and then I did sales for a tech startup. So the idea of reaching out to people and asking for their time, I was prepared for that. I was prepared for any rejection that I might face, and I, I wasn't afraid to be persistent. But having conversations with people whose lives are totally different than mine, and I come from a middle-class family in the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I had the privilege of being able to go to college and stuff. And I think sometimes there's a discomfort of sitting across from people who've had, you know, much better circumstances than you or much worse circumstances than you. Maybe there's like a little shame or guilt or whatever. But what I learned is people just want to feel seen and heard. It didn't matter where I stood or where they stood. We're just coming together to share our stories with each other and expose each other to the experiences that we've been through. So I've had conversations that have pushed me outside of my comfort zone. I've done things with people through my project. Like I met this guy in San Diego and he took me up in a plane that when he he was introduced to me, he replied to the email I was like, yeah, I want to meet, I'll, do you want to go up on a modern or historical aircraft? He was introduced to me through my cousin, so I was kind of pre-vetted. And I said, sure. And then when I met him at the hangar, he was like, oh, by the way, I built the plane myself. So at that moment, I was like, okay, is this a good idea? Or am I being dumb now? And I got in the plane with him and we we took off and we flew over the coast of San Diego for an hour. I had a I met a flight attendant when I lived in L.A., And as we were leaving, he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, Rob, wherever Southwest Air flies, you have my buddy pass. You can fly there for free. So I was able to go to Hawaii a few weeks later for free with his buddy pass. And I just booked a hostel because I was there for three days, four nights. The trip total cost me like $250. And I'm just in this hostel. And the only purpose was to meet people for the project. And so I I DM'd all these Maui-based accounts on Instagram and said, hey, here's what I'm doing. Long story short, short. one of the business owners was from Philly and was like, you should talk to my friend George. He's this Grammy award-winning musician whose family's been on the island for generations. And so I get in touch with George and George is like, I'm performing at this 78-year-old Portuguese woman's birthday party later today, you should go to it. It's a pool party, bring your swimsuit, bring your shirt and, and whatever. So I get to the pool party and I'm thinking it's going to be this big community event. It's a family party of like 30. Like imagine your grandmother having... A birthday party and you and your cousins are going that's what it was and i was the only uh like person there that was not in the family and everyone's dressed in in regular clothes i have on this hawaiian shirt with this bright red swim trunks and this hat but they they just took me in as if i were one of the their own and it was like pushed me out of my comfort zone but it expanded my comfort zone to include these really amazing experiences.
0: Oh my gosh! You never know what's going to happen if you just pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that's a lesson in in and of itself. Is guys, we just got to create conversations. We got to ask questions. But you you mentioned something in the beginning of that answer about how people just want to be seen and heard, right? What do you mean by that? What do you mean why people just want to be seen and heard?
1: I think based on my project, it's so when I meet with people. I then take a picture with them and I don't take notes or anything when I meet with them. I just spend an hour with them one-on-one. We talk and afterwards I write a description of their story based on the time we spent together and what I learned about their life. And to me, feeling seen and heard is me writing someone's story and them feeling like it accurately portrays who they are. Like that if they were to write that story themselves, it wouldn't be that different. And I think there's such a lack of that in the world. So now I support myself doing speaking engagements and I do a lot of talks around inclusion and belonging and employee engagement and retainment and whatnot. And I am always thinking like, if you had to write your colleague's story, would they feel like it was an accurate representation of who they are? If you had to write your employees beneath you, if you had to write their stories, would they feel like you knew them well enough to represent them? So for me, it's getting to know people well enough that you could write their story on your own. Interesting. I
0: love that. Like, would you be able to write a story on your best friend? And if the answer is no, you don't know them well enough. You have not seen them and you have not heard them. Interesting. Oh my gosh, when you put it like that. Sorry, my mind's kind of blown for a second. I'm like, huh, who are some of the, pe-? now I'm like thinking, I'm like, who are some of the people in my life that I call good friends? Mm. I wouldn't be able to represent them accurately because I may maybe not have seen them or heard them. Now, I have, I have so many questions. My, my next question is, which one should I ask first? I'm gonna ask this question first. What has been the biggest lesson you've learned? No, you know, I'm I'm looking through through the website and I'm looking through your Instagram, and you know, I, I stumble upon this one. Uh, friend five thousand five hundred forty-two. Uh, it seems like it was someone who went through some chemo treatment. And how many people? This is my question. How many people have you met, and what has been the
1: biggest lesson you've learned so far? So as of today. And I try to meet three people every day. So I met someone this morning, she was number 5,624. And after our call, we meeting 5,625. And I always say the biggest lesson that I've learned is that no one really knows what they're doing with their lives. Everyone's just doing the best they can with the resources that uh, they have. Nice. Yeah, so and I think to I'm 32 as well. So we're at the same stage of life. And I think going through your 20s, you have all of this pressure on yourself and even your teens too. And you think, well, everyone, but me, has it figured out everyone. And like me doing this project, uh, I, all of my friends are married and having kids and they all have their house. I have none of those things. And I could look at that situation and be like, oh, woe is me? Everyone has all this stuff, but I don't, but I'm like, I have a lot of things in my life too. And like, they're trying to figure out their lives just as I'm trying to figure out mine, college students, everyone's trying to figure out what career path they're in. And I, that understanding that from people who are in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and their 60s. I met someone in their 60s and he said, you know, I feel it was just in like the last five years that I really figured out who I am. And I said, well, you should start telling that to 20 year olds because they feel like they have to have this figured out by the time they're 18. Uh, it just removed a lot of the pressure that I would have put on myself otherwise. So I kind of like I just float happily through life now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I think the other thing is, When I talk now, I I talk about this framework. I didn't come up with it, but it was shared on a post that I had written. It's called the Ford Framework. So it stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, and Dreams. And if any of your listeners are thinking, okay, well, I'd like to have more conversations, but I don't know what to talk about. You can literally think about someone's life like a timeline and build out their story by asking questions within each of those categories. So you had mentioned me meeting people from multiple countries. I used to meet everyone in person. I lived in Philly. I lived in LA. I lived in Hoboken drove across the United States six different times. And then COVID happened and you can't meet people in person. So I went virtual and I met people from 90 different countries around the world. And I learned that it doesn't matter if you're from Iran, it doesn't matter if you're from Brazil or Latvia or China, we all have a family dynamic who has an impact on who we are. We all have an occupation that we do, whether it's student or job to pay the bills. We all have recreational hobbies outside of work and we all have dreams of where we want to go. So learning that the human experience of course, the details are different, but thematically, it's very similar. And I say all the time, I find it harder to find differences with people than I do similarities. Mm. Interesting that you brought up the Ford acronym because I don't know who
0: originated the Ford acronym either. However, I learned about the Ford acronym from a book called Ninja Selling by Larry Kendall. Hmm. And it's a book for real estate agents. So I'm I'm a real estate agent. I've been selling real estate since 2016. And uh, I read this book called Ninja Selling. It's all about how to be a better realtor, how to create organic and natural relationships and, you know, be in flow with people and things like that to get more sales and whatnot. And four acronym, Family Occupation, Recreation and Dreams is something that he hammers in a lot of like, hey, just ask one of these four questions, right? So that's I I really like that you brought that up. I I think that's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned uh, how no one knows what the heck they're doing. No one knows. Adults don't know what the, if you're listening to this guys, and maybe you're 23, 24, 25, 26, you're starting to get into adulthood. Maybe, um, you still don't have any money or, you know, you're still dependent on your parents or whatnot. Your parents don't even know what they're doing. They don't know what's best for you. No one knows what's best for you. You don't even know what's best for you. But if there's one person that does know what's best for you more than anybody else, it is yourself. Okay. We do not have to fit into a container. We do not have to follow what society says we should be doing because even people that, I mean, Rob said himself, this guy is 60 years old. And in the last five years, he started to figure out who he was. Right. And I was going to ask you a follow-up question to that, but you answered it in in your answer of the first question of like, you know, so how are you going to live your life differently, knowing that no one else knows what the hell they're doing? It's like, yo, I'm just going to float through life. I'm going to float through life, and you're not going to put too much pressure on yourself. But you're also going to chase after your dreams, and you're going to take action chasing after your dreams. You've interviewed over 5,600, I think 5,600 people, at, and not interviewed, but met with 5,600 people over the last X amount of years, you're taking action, you're executing on your goals and your dreams. And that is going to yield dividends times 10, even if this wasn't what you were meant to do. Now, you find a ton of purpose in this. You you seek so much fulfillment and you have the feeling of accomplishment after you have an amazing conversation with someone that leads to a new connection and so on and so forth. But in life, guys, I guess guess my point of that monologue, in life, we got to take shots. We got to try everything. You have to fail, and you have to fail fast, because when you can take that off the of the list of things you might want to do, you get closer to finding what your real purpose. And I guess that's kind of like where I want to go with it. No, that that that's great stuff, Rob. So tell us more. Tell us more about where you want to go with this. What is the what is the three year, five year, twenty year vision on maybe maybe Rob's ten k friends, but maybe just Rob
1: Lawless. Tell us more about what your dreams are moving forward. So i I started the project November of twenty fifteen. Eight months later I took it full time. So I've been doing this full time since July of twenty sixteen. And there's a whole entrepreneurial journey in there. That's how I ended up in LA to crash with a friend who was able to host me staying with Hoboken, moved back in with my parents multiple times. I moved out onto my own because uh, well, before when I had my corporate career, let's say I was able to afford my own place, but then I couldn't. And it wasn't until the day after I turned 31 that I was able to afford my own apartment. So I moved out last January, a year and a half ago. And the near term is just I do these speaking engagements now and it's become a really beautiful way for me to support myself because I don't have to think about partnerships or engagement on social media or any of that stuff. I'm just thinking about what can I teach people based on my experience of meeting all these people and how can I impact their businesses. So that's my main focus right now is getting to the point where like over the last two years, I've done 35 paid engagements. And I'm trying to get to the point where I'm doing that in a year, double that in a year. and going from this starving artist into more of a thriving artist lifestyle. So that's the near term. The goal to meet 10,000 people one on one for one hour each will always just be the foundation of what I do. And going virtual was an evolution of that. And I've had companies from LA reach out to me and say, hey, this would make for a really great TV show where we could have you meeting people and do an episode of this and that. And that's come up a few times. And I said, hey, cool. If you want to run with it, that's great. Uh, but now I've gotten to the point where I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket and hope that that's going to work out. I'm just going to continue to meet people. So that's potentially something in the future. I would like to start, instead of meeting people virtually from different countries, be able to travel physically to them and be meeting people across the world. And then I think... If I do six hundred people a year, which is kind of the average I'm at, at right now, it'll take about seven and a half more years to complete this journey. So in that time, just travel, continue to grow as a speaker. Hopefully, throw a wife and kids in there at some point. And after the project, I think just switch right right into speaking. Continue to meet people, but not on like as rapid as a as a base of what I'm doing right now. And then become a professor at a local university and teach a course for first-year students where they pair off one-on-one every class period and learn from each other's backgrounds rather than a textbook or a PowerPoint. Because I see that as the facilitation of new romantic relationships, business partnerships, friendships in a time where their networks are still malleable. And I see it as the building of empathy in students before they leave college and go out into the real world. And I think my ultimate purpose with this project is to Infuse more empathy into the world. Oh my
0: gosh. I was not expecting such a detailed and specific answer, but wow, did I get a lot more than I bargained for? Rob, you you really gotta figure it figured out, brother. And and when I think about reverse engineering the end of that dream to today, right here, right now, with what you got from where you're at, you're doing it, bro. You gotta you gotta interview or sit with three people every single day and over deliver in your talks. Right and over delivering your content and keeping keep creating amazing stories. So, dude, you I don't clap. I don't clap often in these episodes, but Mike, Rob, you are you are seriously extremely impressive, man. And uh, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you out, if you want to get me on the calendar, yeah, and, and and I could be one of your ten thousand. I would be honored to be one of your ten thousand people.
1: So, you yeah, know, that it's would a- be awesome. We'll definitely make that happen. I, w- I would love to hear more of your story, get it out there, share it with people, and just find that time to connect and learn beyond the podcast. Love it, dude. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to leave with the audience today before we wrap up this uh, podcast episode? Pay attention to the positive example that you can be in other people's lives. I'm sure you, you do that through your podcast. For me, it's been really cool to just do the project and not like I've never encouraged people, like, hey, you should go meet 10,000 people too. But I've had people in every continent except for Antarctica and South America recreate my project in their own way. And I got a Twitter DM from a girl from Ethiopia yesterday who I inspired her to meet 100 new people. And she DM me on Twitter yesterday and said, I just want to thank you for starting your project because it led me to start mine. And all these really cool opportunities have occurred in my life. So I guess it's twofold is one that you have the potential to do this in your own life. Barrier of entry to meeting new people is very low. You can find them in the similar communities that you enjoy, your faith communities, your school, whatever. And then beyond that, just there's so much depth to people So give people grace because you don't know what the depth of their story is until you take the time to get to know them. And when you do, you could be having a positive example on them and the people around you.
0: Wow. Well said. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule of meeting so many people each week to jump on the Live Better Now podcast. This is so on brand. This is such a good message that's going to land incredibly with my audience and viewership. Um, To all those people out there that uh, have been listening on Apple, Spotify, um, if you're listening on Audible or Google Podcasts, you can visit Rob's website. It's robs10kfriends.com. And that's robs robs S one zero k friends.com uh i'll drop his instagram tiktok youtube channel in the podcast notes below if you haven't left an honest reviewer testimonial go ahead and do that we recommend five stars rob thank you so much for your time today i'm going to email you over my contact info and we're going to get that one hour of time uh on the books yeah looking forward to it thank you zach